All right, guys, here we go. Nordy's podcast. Big episode as the Vikings are back in the win column. The Wilds stay red hot and the Wolves are up to no good. Here we go. Nordy's podcast. And here we go on Nordy's podcast. I'm Eric. I'm here with Ryan and Jim. How are you guys doing? Doing well, man. I'm good. I wish we were all together, but it's nice seeing your faces, hearing your voices. It is. It's great to hear from you guys. We have an awesome sports cast here. It's because it was a pretty damn good sports weekend for us here in Loserville. We're used to having these rain cloud sports casts, but this one uh, felt a little bit better. Uh, but don't worry, guys. For those of you who are the rain cloud fans, the Gophers always give us. Uh, with the Gophers, there's always rain in the forecast. <laughs> they always deliver. They we do. got it all. All right, guys. So before we dive into this episode, we need you guys to give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram at Nordy's Podcast. Also, subscribe anywhere that you guys get your favorite podcasts from and get the Nordy's Podcast directly to your phone or your device each and every week for free. Free. Unbelievable. For free. Yeah, thank you. And uh, this is uh, giving me like nostalgic vibes of like when the pandemic first kicked in. I know we're back on the old squad cast. What are we now? And now we're just in the fifth wave. Yeah. (laughs) Not much has changed, actually. Wave wave five. Here we go. All right. So, uh, guys, we're all drinking our own beers tonight. I actually got some beers for you guys, but we're we're, we're not going to drink them, I guess. So uh, what are you guys having? So I'm trying one of those new beers that uh, Insight, remember Insight? They're uh-huh. still around. They uh-huh. rebranded. They re-released some new stuff. This one is called Vibe. It's a New England IPA, and it's pretty good. It's fine. I don't think it's going to like catapult them to like the top of everybody's... Can I see the can? What? What's that? Can I see the can? Yeah, it's got, it's this one here with the new artwork. Cool. Um, it's okay. It's fine. Yeah. Ryan, what are you having? I am drinking Knees in the Breeze from Modest. It's a West Coast IPA. Um, very smooth. It's got a little bit of a weird flavor. I don't really know what it is, but I think this is a nice, drinkable West Coast IPA. All right. I'm drinking Oliphant today because this was just so interesting. I wanted to try it. This is Cake Baker Snake. Okay. It's very Oliphant of them. It's raspberry, lemon, coffee, and almond sour ale. Oh, God. And you got to drink the whole thing by yourself and it's a crawler? Yeah. <laughs> do it. That, that, that is his cross to bear. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to have to do it. It's actually really tasty. It's really good. I don't drink a lot of Oliphant, but they always have some fun flavors. And I thought raspberry, lemon, coffee, and almond sounded like some fun, interesting combo. So. It is really well, that all that all sounds well and good, but then when you said when you threw the sour in there, I was like, huh, I don't know how that would taste. How is it? It's really tasty. All right, not really yeah, tastes coffee, but I don't know, it's good. It tastes very like lemon raspberry, raspberry lemonade. Kind of. All right, guys, it is time to get started, and we're gonna start with some news today. All right, so we said the rain clouds were always there, it was always in the forecast as long as the gophers are around. Now that's because gopher football sticks to the script, um, it's the same season on repeat all the time. Oh my gosh, Gophers ranked in the top 20. Oh, here comes a losing team at home, we lose. Oh, Gophers win four in a row, but then they play a mid-major team at home on homecoming, and they lose. Oh, this year's the year. We're going to beat Iowa this year, even though Flex won in seven against Iowa, lose. And then yep. now Wisconsin is around the corner this weekend, and we all know how that one goes. So it's just the same thing over and over and over. We'll have a winning record. We'll play in a bowl game. We'll probably win the bowl game. Some meaningless game that no one cares about on New Year's Eve. And it's just the same old thing. I, I don't care about this team. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. There's not enough movement. I need some uh, some big upsets. I want some, I want them to surprise me. I agree. 
I don't dislike them. And I am just such a bandwagon Gopher fan, like I always say. Like, if they if this team would have beat Iowa this weekend, I would have practically taken, you know, credit for it. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah, lifelong fan. Only college football team I care about. But it's really convenient to only care about them when it's convenient. Right. Yeah. And we should have beaten, obviously, Bowling Green and probably should have beaten Iowa. So, and we were beating Ohio State for a decent part of that game as well. I'm not saying we, we would have won that, that game because they obviously outclassed us. But I don't know. It's it's kind of similar to the Viking story. Coulda, shoulda, woulda, yep. you know, like that kind of thing. Like, oh, yeah, we had some tough losses and P.J. Fleck will sell the hell out of that, you know, to the media. Um, and he really eat does. I, he never gets yeah. negative with the media. They'll be like, well, what do you think about this? You know, some missed opportunities. He'd be like, uh, I think we're having a great season, man. I'm really proud of my team. They play so hard. They work so hard. Uh, just wonderful. A couple t- a couple missed opportunities there. I get it. But, uh, you know, rah, rah, ski, you, ski, you, ma, we're kicking ass. Like, yeah. you don't want to take oh, ownership we'll of the fact that, like, you could be better? I don't know. Yeah. It's very, like like Eric said, it's very on-brand for, for the Gophers to be playing. This. Yeah. It feels like this is good enough for Fleck. I don't know. He's happy with it. All right. Especially, oh. when the, when the, especially when the Big Ten West is, like, there for the getting. Like, very available to win the Big Ten West. You know, we were ranked 20th and everyone was like packing their bags to go play Ohio State for the Big Ten Championship. And then reality set in. All right, guys. So Suni Lee from Minnesota, correct? Yeah. Olympic gymnast gold medalist um, was pepper sprayed uh, and what was a racist attack. Jim, can you give us some more information? Yeah. So Suni Lee was kind of captured the hearts, right? Because when Simone Biles backed out, then it was like all the attention went to Suni Lee, who kicked some ass and still won overall gold. And then, you know, the U.S. women's um, won uh, so gold as like, a team. I think it's just wild. So she that got that's a lot like of attention for that. And she their was like really, really gracious tap. in the spotlight. She was awesome. Um, and so she was she was traveling in L.A. and she was with a group of Asians. She's an Asian American woman. Hey, okay, and like, just like you fucking hear on the news. Too. Like, People That's like people pulled over, yelling this horrible like, racist shit, pepper sprayed them out the window. Like, damn, dude, this shit is still happening. There's there's levels to this weird shit. And this is just a level that's beyond the already unacceptable bullshit level. <laughs> right. Like, that's a fun time. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Um, yeah, it's, it's pretty yeah, unacceptable. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Hate to hear that. All right. Especially, like, it, it's one thing to yell expletives out the window, right? I, I'm not saying that's okay, but <laughs> just... Like, there's levels to it. Yeah, they, they took it yeah, up a keep, notch. It's like, keep your hands inside the roller coaster, right? Don't, don't... Don't put them out. Just yell from your car and move on and everyone else can move on. But then you like pepper spray people because they're Asian. Like, did you know, like she represented the USA in the Olympics? Like she cares probably more about this country than you do. You racist hick. So anyway, so stupid. All right. So uh, go for basketball. Um, they get a big win over a bunch of mid-major teams, including Princeton. And they... Um, win some meaningless trophy to start the season. They're 3-0, which is awesome. Uh, but they played a bunch of nobodies and struggled mightily, um, considering that they're 3-0. I uh, don't think it was a, a, a great weekend for them. Uh, but this team's going to be bad. And so I guess small victories are going to be celebrated. So, yeah, I mean, if I didn't know anything about the team and I look and I see the record, I'm like, oh, hell yeah, hot start. Let's go. But this is these are the games that they're like, just they can't lose. They're just supposed to win. And once they start the conference, they're going to be abysmal, you think? Yeah, Ryan, wasn't Western Kentucky favorites against the Gophers? I think so. They were like three points. Yeah. Why are you starting with the narrative that they're going to be so trash? You must have some reasons for that. They lost their entire team. Okay. Their entire team just left. The only guy coming back really is Curry. Eric Curry, who's missed like four seasons in a row with injuries. And they have a brand new coach and an entirely new roster. This is all true. Like, like okay. 
like one of their players is a kid I talked about, Sean Sutherland. I coached him at Irondale actually uh, in football, and he's a uh, he's going to be playing for them. He he scored 14 last night in their win. He played at Delaware last year. Their star player is Battle, who is a Robbinsdale Armstrong grad, and Jameson Battle, and he's a transfer from George Washington. So it's just like a bunch of transfer students from smaller schools that are coming here late in their t- their college career to try to play at a bigger school. They're yeah. going to be. They're going to be pretty terrible, but that's okay because it's going to take a time time to build this in Ben Johnson's image. So who's the new coach? Is his name Ben Johnson? Is that right? Yeah. Uh, okay. Oh yeah, yeah. All right, I remember this hire. Yeah, he's supposed to be yeah. a really good recruiter, but I mean, this is going to be a, a process. So okay, you have, have to you know stay the course when things go kind of poorly this year. All right, year one. Let's do it. Um. All right. So the Wolves were fined two hundred and fifty thousand dollars for having a big party at A Rod's house. Yeah, that sounds sweet. This doesn't bother me at all. I mean, does A-Rod just pay it? Probably. Yeah. I mean, it's probably just doubles the budget of the party. Yeah. No big deal. No, sounds great. And also, I'm happy that A-Rod's hanging out with the team. Yeah. Dude, they've Are been sure like, about in, Minnesota, in Minnesota a lot. Like, I always see him. So I'm following, like, Mike or Mark Laurie, who's like, let's be real. He's the real money man here. Yeah. He's way richer yes. than A-Rod. A-Rod is the face of it, but this Mark Laurie guy is the one that spent all the money. Um, He's, like, there all the time. He's in Minneapolis. So they're at the facilities. They're trying to be involved. I don't know if that's good or bad, um, but it's interesting. Well, that's because like, it hasn't gotten the team and shit. Like it seems like a it, great has, it, has, it hasn't gotten cold yet. We'll see what happens when that first like four degree day comes. Where Mark Laurie will be in Miami or in Minnesota? Yeah, that's a good. Point. He'll get the fuck out of here. All right, uh, we may not see, we may not see him again until like April that's when everything true. thaws. You know, probably right, we'll probably won't see him until he's at the you know the Wolves Western Conference Finals game. Oh yeah, that's true. Good point. <laughs> they have him as um, being worth a billion dollars. And what's A Rod worth? You know, two hundred million, three hundred million. I think it's quite a bit. Maybe um, more. Three hundred and fifty million, so about a third of it. Okay, so I guess it's not quite <laughs> as disparate as I thought. But ah, oh, fuck, they're both rich as hell. Yeah. Um. All right, and then finally, since we are your number one source of celebrity boxing news, uh, Deron Williams, the former Utah Jazz player is going to be boxing one of the greatest running backs in NFL history, Frank Gore. The Jimmy Channel special. Loved you some Frank Gore in fantasy football. (laughs) When I first started fantasy football, I would always just draft the players I knew. I'm like, especially in the later rounds, right? They're like, you could grab this guy or this guy. So, oh, I recognize his name. So I took Frank Gore like five years in a row in late rounds, and he was always trash because he was so old. But I'm like, hey, Frank Gore, that's the name I know. He must be a big deal, must be good. So, yeah, Frank, Frank Gore was my guy. Is Frank Gore your guy in this fight? You're a basketball guy, not a football guy. I'm a basketball guy. That's why I'm going to take this basketball player. Uh, I'm guessing. I have no idea what their stats are for height, weight, but I'm sure we got the reach, right? We got the Frank Gore's very small and compact. You know, I think that um, this other fucker is going to be able to pop him from a distance. So I'm going so basketball Darren, player. Yeah, Darren Williams, I think, is probably like 6'2", 6'3". And Frank Gore, I'm guessing, is under six feet tall, probably 5'10", 5'11", because that was the type of running back... Uh, dimensions they were looking for when he came out is like under six feet and like 220 pounds is six foot three and frank Gore is five foot nine okay the reach baby it's all about the reach the only thing is is like basketball is such a non-contact sport and i'm not saying darren williams isn't tough but I feel like Frank can just take a beating and hang in there. You know Frank's what I mean? Frank's taking a like, lot fewer shots to the face, though. He's got a face mask on. Think about in basketball, you're taking elbows left and right. Dude, a face mask does nothing when a linebacker pops you. Uh, I mean, other than like preventing like severe, you know, cuts and stuff like that. 
Um, but apparently also Darren Williams owns his own like MMA gym and does a lot of like high level training. Uh, but this is going to be straight boxing. As Eric said, this is celebrity boxing. So I think it'll be an interesting, uh, fight like the tough, you know, football guy versus like maybe a little more finesse technique, um, you know, basketball player. So I think this one is actually going to be fun. I'd rather watch this than the, whatever Paul brother is fighting next. Wasn't on the it's yes, it is. Well, you can watch both. I'm right. not going to watch either. All, yeah. I, all I do is talk about these on the podcast. And then after the fight is over, I watch clips on Instagram. That's that's mm. how I interact with boxing and MMA. Yes. It's great. Yeah. It's perfect. It's it works perfect for me. Yeah, you can usually find like an illegal legal stream if you need to. Nope, don't care that much. I stop short of that. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. uh, next up, guys, the Viking win. Why? Because, of course, they do. Because just when you're kind of like, eh, it'd probably be better if they don't win, that's when they do. And they always drag you right back in. As it's your darkest, lowest point. That's when they start racking up the wins. This week, they play the Packers. They'll probably beat them, too. And then you'll be like, you know what? We're only two games out. We are in this. We're 5-5. Five and five. We're going to run the table. We're going to blah, blah, blah. And then you'll lose to, like, the Lions because that's That what would happens. be brutal. That would be brutal. Because that's what they do. So the Vikings, though, they did look pretty good. They went to um, Los Angeles to play against the Chargers. And uh, in this game, it was the uh, Justin Jefferson show. As he went off for nine catches, 143 yards, they threw the ball downfield. They were more aggressive with their play calling. And once you know it, Kirk Cousins threw for 294 and two touchdowns. Cook still had 94 and a touchdown. And uh, everyone kind of went off on the offense. It was a really fun game to watch and uh, a really gutsy performance down the stretch um, to kind of seal the win with uh, some risky play calling, throwing the ball downfield even late in the game. Ryan, you were messaging us saying things like watch three quick three runs and then they punt it. And they they even got a holding call and they threw it 19 yards downfield to Adam Thielen to get it within uh, striking distance. So this was a different. And then and, and then went for it on fourth down. Yeah. Did you? How, how great was my reverse jinx on that? It was you're, perfect. You're, you're I need that every jinx. week. Ryan, you reverse jinxed the whole game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah, they just wouldn't throw it to Tyler Conklin, and then like within maybe <laughs> forty-five seconds, he got a touchdown pass. <laughs> yeah. The only reason I the only reason I brought up Conklin was because like everything was set up by Jefferson on both of his touchdown catches, which was one like two deep throws on opposite sidelines, and then two defensive pass interference calls that he. He got you know led to the eventual touchdown and both of them went to Conklin and it was like hey yeah remember Justin Jefferson's really freaking good he's got the one and the eight on his jersey can you throw it to him a little bit more um and man oh man I was shocked like pleasantly shocked I was kind of proud of the Vikings yesterday like yeah. I thought they between like Kubiak and Zimmer going for it multiple times on fourth down they even called another fake punt which was uh, whatever whatever was weirdly reversed because the official wasn't set to referee. I've never heard that called ever in my life. But anyway, just like the aggressive nature and we're not satisfied, like we're going to we're going to go out and like win this game is an attitude we haven't really seen that much so far in the season. So that's, you know, with all the tough luck losses, quote unquote, um I feel like this was like a different shift in mentality. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's also easy to do that when your back is against the wall and you're three and five and you're basically playing for your season. If the Vikings were six and three against the Chargers, I guarantee we wouldn't have been throwing those deep balls to Jefferson or going for it on fourth down. They would have completely settled for running the clock out. 
You know what I mean? But but Zimmer knows he's three and five, or yeah, was three and five, and had to kind of go for it. So, do you guys you know, feel credit. like the the media and the fans actually had an impact on the play calling? I feel like they did. They, they I, the I, coaches I, would never admit this, but even Clint Kubiak in, in an interview, they're like, "Do you think you should try to you know throw it down the field more?" He's like, "Yeah, I think we're going to do that next week. You know, I think I'm going to try to get Jefferson more involved." And then he did, and I feel like it's sort of like he, in a TV show when everybody like after a season's like. I fucking hated this character. And then in the next season, they're in like two episodes. Like, dude, they listen to us. <laughs> and you know what? Win or lose, I had way more fun this week than I did the last week. Like, I don't even care if they win or lose anymore. I mean, if they win like three in a row, I'm going to get super invested again for the heartbreak, the upcoming heartbreak. But I just had a good time. Like, it was just fun to watch. I can't believe it took Clint Kubiak until week eight to realize I should probably get Justin Jefferson involved. Yeah, like, right. no shit. Dude. I think that um, Justin Jefferson probably had a lot to do with it himself as well. Um, they did a good job of getting him the ball early in the season. Um, and he is still like sixth in the NFL in yards and like top 10 in catches. I mean, he's had a good year. He's had three 100-yard games. He's been over 70 yards, one, two, three, four, five, six games. And once he was at 69. So he's having a good year. But the last two weeks having um, five catches combined uh, in two weeks was just unacceptable. And so I yeah. think... Well, and then the, the other stat was the... Uh, targets. Yeah. The, yeah, the two hours in between him being targeted in real time is just yeah. preposterous. I mean, in two weeks against Dallas and Baltimore, he had nine targets and five catches. Nine targets? That's just... That's nothing. I mean, that's like uh, Devonte Adams every half of... Of the, se- of the season, yeah, yeah, he should have he should have a minimum of nine targets by the end of the first half of most games. Yeah, so I mean, it was just it was just crazy. So this game, eleven targets, nine catches, one hundred and forty three yards, and then also I thought the defense played really well in this game, considering a bunch of the defense is out again, just like last year. We were like, oh, the defense will be different this year. We're going to bring everyone back. Well, Daniel Hunter is already out for the year. Pierce, who missed all last year, is on the IR. Uh, you traded Stephen Weatherly away. You have lost Patrick Peterson, who's on the IR. Harrison Smith, that stupid idiot who wasn't vaccinated, missed two weeks with COVID. Uh, Anthony Barr, surprise, surprise, is hurt again. And this team is just really banged up. It's not the same defense it was even a few weeks ago. But I thought they played a really good game. And there were some fun names. Um, Bynum, the rookie safety, is making me and probably the Vikings regret the big, huge, massive deal that we gave uh, Harrison Smith a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And I thought Nick Vigil, played pr- Nick Vigil played pretty well in, in a you know backup role. I, he was kind of all over the place. He was in, um, oh my God, I forget their quarterback's name, uh, was in their face, in his face quite a bit. Herbert? Yeah, yeah. Justin Herbert. You had um, Kendricks had another big day with a beautiful pick and a big sack. I thought the D-line played tough. But we just made them work really hard for everything that they had to do. And I mean, that's uh, all that you can ask from teams. So, Next week, guys, uh, we host the Packers, all right? And you know how that is every single time. It's a blood feud between two bitter rivals. Um, the Packers coming in with, with what, a 7-2 and two record? Is that right? 8-2. and two. I don't think they've had a buy yet. Um, so, I mean, their best record in the NFL. Uh, they have Rodgers back. They should be pretty healthy. Their defense has been fantastic, giving up just 13 points combined in the last two weeks. But their offense has sputtered a bit. Um, scoring just 23 points the last two weeks. So playing in really low-scoring, grinded-out games. Um, Vikings at home, I haven't seen the line yet, but I would assume it's got to be something close to a pick 'em. 
Uh, what do you guys think happens in that game? Well, interestingly enough, the Vikings have had one less game than the Packers, and we've scored more points well, than they have so far this season. Now, that includes two Jordan Love games, right? Or Was yeah. it one? One, one or two? Just, just one. one. One Jordan Love game, and then whatever debacle they put up yesterday against Seattle. Um, yeah, they didn't, they didn't seem to have to do anything for that because they shot – I mean, Seattle couldn't score a single point the whole game. They used zero, zero to 17 or something. Yeah, and I think it's – I don't know. The the pack <clears throat> the Packers are always ready for the Vikings. I don't think there's ever been a scenario where <clears throat> Aaron Rodgers hasn't upped his game. Um yeah. there's there's he's been playing against Mike Zimmer for eight seasons. He knows what looks he's gonna get. He know you know, maybe you can throw some trickery in there, but for the most part he knows what he's gonna see. Um Devontae Adams is still almost uncoverable and we've got, you know, young, inexperienced corners. Um I think defensively if we get some of those guys back that uh, Eric mentioned, if maybe Harrison Smith is back and uh, Bynum plays a larger role, corners play well again, because they had to cover some pretty, I mean, the Chargers receivers are no slouches. Like they're pretty good between uh, Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. So I think we can hang in there. I think it's going to be a high scoring game. Um, I think the crowd is going to be very much behind this Minnesota team after the Chargers win. Um, I think if we had lost that game and we're three and six going in there and things go poorly in the first half, like the fans would have turned on all the players. So I think it's going to be a fun game. Um, I, you know, I'd love to see the Vikings win and like, you know, bring that hope back in for just a minute. Uh, and also, you know, beating the Packers, you know, tastes that much sweeter. All right. Uh, you didn't give your prediction, but I'm going to give mine. Um, 28-24 Packers win. Ryan? I think it's going to be like 38-35 Packers. Oh, that'd be I, would, I mean, that would I suck. Think it'd be 22-20 Packers. Wow. Sad days. Three for three. Uh, the Vikings are uh, two and a half point home underdog. All right. So they so think they're, they're, what is that, five and a half points better than us? Yeah. So they think they're, you know pretty significantly better than us um yeah i don't know i just i, I just can't believe in this team i i can't There's i no I, reason to. I don't buy it so I think last week just because they were more aggressive and they did they they put on a better show they still only won by a touchdown and i don't think the chargers are special they don't even have a home field advantage there was more um, vikings fans than there were chargers fans there it was like a sea of purple and they're not that they didn't have a great record. I don't see why it's like game changing that we barely beat the Chargers. I just think we're pretty much the same team that maybe is have it has a little different approach to coaching, which will benefit us. But I don't. They're still either losing or winning close games about half the time. So well, then what's sure what's fun. the identity of what's the identity of this Vikings team? Are we an aggressive team, right? Or are we a smart team, or are we conservative? Like we've seen all three different flavors right and you know maybe against the Packers you're not hyper aggressive like that you know maybe you need to you know dial it down just a little bit but maybe it was it felt more gettable against you know the Chargers so um it, it I don't know what team we're gonna see the you know on Sunday so I hope we um, put up 35 points 38 to 35 sounds like a fun game Eric um so but Eric doesn't care Eric doesn't care he's watching yeah. with watching with indifference oh, I always care when we play the Packers though like yeah yeah you're going to be very invested. Yeah, you're going to be you're going to be sucked in. It's the worst. You play the Packers. You have every fucking loser at your work is already a Packer fan, and then yeah. you just have to hear from them. And oh, I, I was walking into a bar over the weekend in Osseo. Weird choice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. I was walking into a bar, and three Packer fans were outside, and I was wearing a Vikings hat. And I didn't even look at them. wasn't even paying attention to them, and they stepped in front of me before I could get in the door. And I thought it was super weird. And then they got kind of in my face and started chanting, go pack, go. Oh, gross. I was like, I said, 
okay. And I just walked back. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, I've never come back to Osseo again. That's number yeah, one. Yeah, it was. I, th- I think that was the, I think that's the overarching lesson, Eric, is yeah. just avoid Osseo at all costs. It's just bizarre. So, guys, if we could find a way to beat the Packers at home, which shouldn't be out of the realm of possibility, considering last year at Lambeau, we absolutely pounded them. Um, yeah. The, the schedule, which looked really hard earlier in the year, doesn't seem to be so bad to me. Um, the, we, the next week here at the 49ers, who are 3-5, and five, they're currently playing against the Rams and winning. Um, but they, you're at the Niners. They, won't, they haven't won a game at home since the NFC Championship game like three years ago against the Packers. Okay. Or, or I'm sorry, I think they've won one home game since then. They're just well, didn't they beat us two weeks ago at home? Um, when? In the playoffs? In the playoffs, yeah, the divisional round. Yeah, they beat the Packers after that. And so I don't think since then... Oh, oh yeah. I see what you're saying. But since yeah. then, since that game, they haven't won a home game. Hmm. Isn't that just weird? Um, so they don't have a home field advantage at all. They're actually bad at home. Um, the next week, you're at the Lions, who are winless. The week after that, you're home against the Steelers, who have Big Ben as their quarterback and are totally beatable. That's, but that's Thursday. So hopefully the Lions game is easy and there's no injuries, and then we got Thursday at home. And then you're at the Bears. I'm sorry, nine, at the Niners, at the Lions, home against the Steelers, at the Bears. I'm not saying you're winning all those games, but you could win all of those games. None of those you games could, are good. easily, yeah. And then it ends a little harder, home against the Rams, at the Packers, and home against the Bears. So, um I think if this Packer game goes well and you're five and five, there's a, a, a way, there's a scenario where they trick me into believing in them again and they, they do really well and they win a bunch of games and then they still somehow end up at eight and nine. But yeah. um gotta get through this week first. So that's So what, what you're saying is what you're saying is we're gonna go eight and six and then drop the last three, yeah. miss the playoffs. Something just twentieth pick. Yeah. yeah. Well, if this team isn't breaking any records, maybe they can at least break a collarbone. Kind of disgusting. Again? I liked it. <laughs> All right, uh, next up, guys, the Loons, um, you know, another one of our successful Minnesota sports teams. They are the five seed. They're traveling on Sunday afternoon to play against Portland, a team that they've kind of owned. Um, they're going to play Sunday afternoon in the first round of the playoffs. If they win, they get to play, I think, a rather beatable Colorado Rapids team. So do you think there's another run in this Loons team? Is there? Are you even going to watch this? Hell yeah, I'm going to watch this game. I'm is excited. Reynoso, is Reynoso healthy? I think so. Okay. If he's healthy, then I think we always have a chance. Yeah. But if he's if he's hurt or out, then zero chance. Well, yeah, we've had the apparently we've had the Portland Timbers number for a while. We we generally beat them even when they're favored. So I don't know. I'm I'm looking forward to it. I don't want like a meltdown like last year. That was just brutal to watch. You know, as they like it seemed like they had it. Up. I think they were up two, and then they they gave up three late goals and lost. That was a heartbreaker. But yeah, I mean, dude, if you're gonna care at all about the the Minnesota United or even claim to this, now is the time to like fully bandwagon. So let's go. Yeah, as a season as a season ticket holder, I care. There is a lot. another soccer match I care a little bit more about, though, which is maybe a teaser. All right, so uh, the Wild. They continue their red hot start. They lead the division, have one of the best records in the NHL. Um, and the crazy thing is, is that Kaprizov and uh, Fiala have only five goals combined so far. And it hasn't mattered as they have been getting offense from absolutely everyone. Ryan Hartman, who actually took a pay cut to sign a three-year deal in the offseason, is your leading scorer with seven goals. It just seems like every single game someone new is stepping up. And uh, Chaska native, now I'm gonna, oh, Rem Pitluck, um, got his first career goal the other night and then followed it up with two more, getting a hat trick um, for his first three goals in the NHL. Uh, this team is just like a, a bunch of no-name guys who just go out there and grind. And uh, it's kind of, it's fun to watch. They're never out of a game. They constantly are coming from behind, scoring late goals. And I think this is a well-coached team 
um, that's probably like one big player away from really competing. It'll be fun to see if as we get closer to the playoffs, if they remain this far up in the standings, that they go find one of those players and add another piece. I mean, you want to talk about you want to talk about full blown Plan A. Yeah, we're we're watching it live. Like, oh, this it's is, exciting. This is plan we love a. a Plan A. We love a Plan A start. It's a Plan A back half that that pisses you off. Well, this is the NHL. They're all pretty much no name, um, so that doesn't bother me so much. But it does reflect the coaching. <laughs> so so well said, dude. <laughs> Nobody knows them. Nobody outside of Minnesota knows 75% of the roster. No, yeah, they're all no name, but uh, it's cool. It's nice to see this, like that it's spreading out. So it is like good coaching. It's the system. It's the culture. It's all the things that can carry you through. Um, it's not one like super hot person that then, you know, twists an ankle or some shit and they're out and you're, you know, you drop like five games in a row. So, um, yeah, I'm excited. I'm trying to catch a game every once in a while. You guys actually been watching or just checking scores? Um, I've been watching quite a few games, to be honest with you. Right. I, I... I'm not even really going to talk about the Wolves because I'm having a hard time talking about the Wolves because they're they're kind of a bummer. Um, yeah. But I have watched quite a few wild games, and uh, they're really exciting. Jared Spurgeon has turned into a quite the captain. I think he's going to kind of go down as a as a wild great. Um, Kaprizov hasn't scored a lot of goals, but he's tied for the team league in points at almost a point per game, and uh, he just seems like he's getting revved up. I don't know. I, I kind of think this is a team that can make a decent playoff run, and I don't know if they're quite talented enough offensively or have the firepower to compete to win the Stanley Cup. Um, But who knows what they could do down the stretch, if they could go find another piece on offense, maybe trade one of their big prospects, or maybe a guy like Rossi or Boldy steps up midseason and is kind of a difference maker for us. So I really like the Wild team. I think that they're fun, and um, I don't know. I'm looking forward to this season. I think they're they're kind of like the the best team in in town right now. Yeah, the the funny thing about the Rossi, though you don't wish that on any player, but it's sort of like – puts them on the shelf for a little while to maybe, you know, just they're not going to play 70 games, you know, or 60 games or however many they, you know, they might've been involved in. You get them rehabbed, they play some minor league games, and then you get them like fully productive for the back half of this, which I think would be a very positive thing. Cause you know, injuries are going to happen. Um, and maybe those guys would be prime candidates to fill spots. You know, if somebody goes down for a lengthy period of time. All right, guys. And Oh, real quick. You asked, have I been watching, um, I'm now back with the Evil Empire. Um, I, I, I'm fully back in on the Comcast train. We're full yeah. steam ahead. I got you pretty solid internet. What are you going to do? I, I had no choice. I, I literally had no choice. Yeah. If I want to watch the Wild and the Wolves and the Twins, this is the price you got to pay. So, Ryan, uh, you, I'm sorry, but you'd be a stormtrooper. You'd be like, yeah. dude, I have no choice. The spice mines have dried up. Um, I can't get work. There's no freighters. Yeah. I need to, the only way I can feed my family is by joining the Empire. And here I am. And I would have been a stormtrooper. Welcome. Yeah. Welcome. Feels great. This is stability. It's the stability. Yeah, the, the reliability that you just know that any given night you're going to be able to watch the wild or the wolves, you know, most likely. Yeah. So yep. I'm, I'm okay with it. I've, I've twisted the logic in my head and justified it. So now I'm, I'm, I'm totally okay with it. Good. You've made your peace. All right, guys. Finally, as James hints to earlier, um, James has seen Liverpool and my team, the Arsenal, play each other this weekend at Anfield in Liverpool at 11.30 on Saturday morning. I'm really excited about this game. Um, Jim, your team is a little banged up, though. A little banged up. I would say trending down. They've had yeah. a couple of losses and draws that, that they hadn't had earlier. And your team couldn't be hotter. Can't Plain lose. Up. Climbing the table. Climbing the table. So yeah, 20th to 5th. We're slipping. It's like shoots and ladders. And we're down and we're hitting a shoot and you're hitting a ladder. So I'm a little worried. But so it's going to be super fun. Here's your injuries from the international break for Liverpool. Um, 
looks like they could be without all of these players. Um, Mane, who got hurt on international duty, is a doubt for the game. Andy Robertson went off. Andy Robertson went off with a muscle injury. Um, Jordan Henderson is banged up, and uh, Firmino is a doubt for the game now too. And uh, Naby Keita is already injured. Curtis Jones is banged up. Liverpool is not um, in great shape going into this game. Uh, they do have Mohamed Salah, so it doesn't really matter. They have Virgil van Dijk. They have Trent Alexander-Arnold. They have all of the best players in this game play for them. So they yeah. should still be the the definite favorites. Um, but I guess if you're going to get Liverpool at Anfield, one of the hardest places to play in the entire world, then I guess if uh, they're missing a few starters, that might, might give you a little bit of a chance. So, Eric... I know you're very excited about your guys playing for England and playing, you know, good minutes. I wonder if that might have a little bit of impact on them. I know they've got a week to recover, but Emil Smith-Rowe played uh, quite a bit for them. Saka played. So I wonder if uh, maybe they couldn't have used a little bit of rest. I know they're super young and spry, but, you know, it's exciting to watch your guys play on international duty. And then when it's like, oh, yeah, there's a Premier League game in like five days. Not super pumped about that, but you can deal with it. So I'm excited for this matchup because it's the first time in a while where Arsenal has a chance against Liverpool at Anfield because it hasn't always been that way. Well, Ryan, I mean, just as a neutral third party, what's your prediction? I think it's going to be, with all those injuries to Liverpool, I think they're going to play a little bit more conservative, maybe stay behind the ball a little bit and play more counterattacking football and try to spring Salah. Um, but I think it's going to be a super fun match. I think it's, I'm think honestly, I'm not saying this because this is the result I want. I think it's going to be 2-2. Whoa. Okay. I, I was going to say 2-1 Liverpool wins in a close match with a lot of defending from Alisson. He's going to make uh, a lot of saves. I think it's going to be 2-1 Liverpool as well. And that's Liverpool. fine. That's fine. I, this is a house money game, you know? Liverpool is a two to one favorite to win the match. Um, they the are, are so high though for for both of us. We switch spots. I switch out of the top four, and you come in. Depending on the result of this game, it's crazy. This is a game though that at the beginning of the year, every team in the league, and I'm not saying that they don't think they can win this, but they're predicting if, if they were being honest with themselves and they were sitting in a room with a gun to their head, they're writing this down as a loss. If, Every team in the league. They just are. And you're going to go in there and you're going to fight for your lives. But the chances are most times when you go to Anfield, you're going to lose. Because that's what Liverpool has done for decades and decades. It's been an absolute fortress. And especially in the last three years, it's been maybe the hardest place to play in Europe. And once in a while, a team will go in there and beat them. This Arsenal team is not that team. But a competitive match would make me happy. They left feeling competitive, I would say. You know what? That's good. We've come a long ways. Can't wait. Yeah. Just just to even consider the notion, Eric, that if Arsenal were to win, I don't know when City plays. Maybe City plays on Sunday. The fact that they would be tied with City after week 12, after the first three matches, you would have said no way. That, that would never happen in a kabillion years. So that's fun for you. Um and then I also think that like Arsenal has way more to play for than Liverpool. And there's the confidence growing. And, you know, like you said, at the beginning of the season, or even after the first or second week, if you'd have looked at this and said, what's the score going to be? Everybody would have said like five, nothing. Yeah. Five, zero. I don't think that's the case. And so I think it's going to be super competitive and close. And I hope so. I hope it's fun. I hope it's fun too, because that's what's the best thing about uh, soccer. Uh, Ryan, who do you, who do you guys have? Um, Palace? Oh, Leicester City. 6 a.m. Oh, Le- yeah, Leicester. Yeah, we, yeah, that's right. We have the early game. Yeah. Early game, Leicester. Um, any other big games this weekend? Wolves, West Ham is pretty fun. Um, City, Everton, Tottenham, Leeds all take place. So it should be lots of fun. Can't wait um, for these games. Good to have the Premier League back. I hate international duty. I hate when guys all get banged up. 
Um, I, as much as it would be fun to beat Liverpool, I don't want to see all their guys get hurt with like muscle pulls and stuff playing for their, their country. I hate the, I hate the international. I don't want, I don't even like the break, dude. I thought that this game was going to be on Saturday up until Friday afternoon. I was like, thought it was going to be the next day. So I hate international breaks. I don't get it. It's annoying. And then all my players got injured. So that made it work. Hey, standing then, invitation. If you guys want to come over for the match, you let me know. Maybe we bring Moe's. Maybe we bring some Arsenal fans over. Maybe we bring Bolster. I don't know. Maybe Tyler, you, I see you collecting these fuckers like Infinity Stones. So um, bring your crew. Let's go. <laughs> also, Jibbo. Yeah, what's up? Jess, as a West Ham kit owner. Oh, brutal. It's got to be feeling really good about her team being in third. Yeah, I was going to make a blown bubbles joke, but then it was going to be inappropriate or something. So I'm just going to skip that and just fast forward to congratulations, West Ham. (laughs) All right, guys. (laughs) That is it. That's all the time we have this week on the Nordies podcast. Tune into our screencast. We got all kinds of good things you should be watching. Trailers, news, um, and uh, we're going to finish up our Matrix rewatch before telling you guys what our next rewatch is. So tune into that. Until then, thank you guys for hanging out with us here at the Nordies Podcast.